This is the Huey Alert Podcast with Craig and Shelley Huey, bringing you the tools to transform our nation and culture, the intersection of faith and politics. Welcome to our podcast. We're glad you're back with us. I got my beautiful bride, Shelley. Hey, everyone. And we're excited about our guest today. He's the host of the Hamilton Corner, and his name is Abraham Hamilton. He's with the American Family Association. He's the general counsel for the association. He's got that daily radio program. And we wanted to invite him on because he has a depth of knowledge in a number of areas, including the issue of how the socialists, how the Marxists are really kind of dominating the media, dominating the the news cycle, and conservative, libertarian, Christian voices are often marginalized or censored. Welcome to our show. Thank you so much, Craig, for having me. So I kind of led with the idea that there's a narrative going out there that is slanted, Mm -hmm. politically and economically slanted. Mm -hmm. Do you see the same thing? Oh, I absolutely do see it. And one of the things I try my best to highlight is that this slant is not coincidental. It's an intentional wow. slant. And yeah. um, if, if anybody has paid any attention to the Marxist movement globally, yes. uh, you will notice some familiar trend lines. And, and what we're literally experiencing in our country at this moment is kind of the, the conversion of um, the Leninist Marxist push in terms of consequences for not walking lockstep with acceptable nomenclature and acceptable verbiage and the acceptable ideology. Right. Uh, but the application has been Gramscian, referring to Antonio Gramsci, the, Intal- the Italian Marxist, who recognized some of the failures of the efforts to establish a Marxist hegemony through violence. Yes. Lenin employed violence, the Bolshevik re- Revolution in, in right. Russia. And a lot of people do not know Russia hadn't always been communist. Right. Like China hadn't mm. always been communist. Right. Um, um, Lenin shot, sought to do it at the, the point, the barrel of a gun. Yes. Gramsci recognized with the failures of World War I to be the, the mechanism for imposing globalized Marxism. Right. He realized that when people have, are, when people's physical safety is threatened, yes. they have this natural tendency to defend themselves against Yes. Whereas he sought to impose a Marxist revolution via evolution to establish mm-hmm. a long march through the institutions. And one of the tools he sought to, to, to employ in this clash of worldview, so to speak, is verbiage, yes. is language, yes. is rhetoric. Yes. And he saw them not as benign mm. features of, of adaptable modernism. He saw right. them as tools in the Marxist war right. to establish a globalized hedge money. Right. So what we're experiencing, in my view, in our country, is the tools of Gramscian-style Marxism in terms of employing language, nomenclature, yes. acceptable uh, opinions and ideology, but combined with the Leninist uh, consequences should you fail to do so. Wow. Uh, hence the whole cancel culture. i never forget, I read a story where uh, one of the teammates for the University of Pennsylvania swim team, yes. uh, on the girls' swim team, uh, who was a teammate of Will Thomas. Some yes. of you are thinking, well, who is Will Thomas? Uh, because you know the publicly traverse name of Leah Thomas. Yeah. Well, Will oh, Thomas okay. was his name when he swam for the University of Pennsylvania for three years as a guy. Right. Never won anything. Yes, <laughs> you yes. Know, change your name. Because you didn't change much else. You become number right. one. You dominate. Yeah. yeah. One of his teammates said, you know, I, I don't agree with what's going on. Right. But I want to have a life after I leave University of Pennsylvania. Yeah. And I'm afraid, this is what she said, I'm afraid that somebody will read a comment I make today. Yeah. And once I graduate, I won't be able to get hired. Ouch. Because I'm viewed as transphobic. Right. Right. I'm not transphobic, but I've been swimming my whole life, and I don't think it's fair. Yeah. 
for man to come right. and dominate our sport. Right. Mm-hmm. That's an example of the Leninist style consequences for failure or her perception of the consequences for her failure to adhere to the acceptable uh, ideology for in, within the culture. Well, so, it's kind of like a soft slaughter, isn't it? You know, now it's a soft right. slaughter. That's what I'm saying. Because <laughs> right. it's, uh, it's really in- interesting and fascinating to watch the infection of that mentality go through all of our systems and yeah. then they turn around and say that we have systemic issues <laughs> which is like what? wait what you know but thankfully we have you who can broadcast truth like this to many that are out there that have only heard little segments of truth yeah and I, and I think that's one of the things that's important to do because the, the greatest antidote, I, I say often on my show, darkness is not an affirmative force. It merely reoccupies the space that's vacated by the light. Wow. You know? Yes. <laughs> Can you please say that again? I'll say it one more time. Yeah. Darkness is not an affirmative force. It merely reoccupies the space that is vacated by the light. Whew. Wow. We, we know this intuitively. None yes. of us go home at the end of the day and say, hey, honey, would you turn the darkness off? <laughs> no, we, we don't because we know the only thing that's necessary to dispatch or dispense with the darkness is turn the light on. Yes. But the thing is, the darkness has a great marketing team. Yes. It has the appearance yes. of being ubiquitous. It has the appearance of being, you know, uh, unapproachable. It has yes. the appearance mm-hmm. of being something that we cannot deal with. And so the soft slaughter that you mentioned the goal of Gramsci yeah. was to accomplish the soft slaughter and then get people to self-censor. Mm. So the combination of self-censorship with this idea of the established, stop me if you heard this before, politically correct narrative creates the idea that this is the only position to be able to take. Yeah. And then if anybody who has a different position, that's why many people, many of your listeners may have even said to you, right. I feel like I'm alone. Yeah. I feel like right. nobody Ooh. believes what I believe. Many, and many. when they hear your program mm-hmm. and they hear people sharing, it's like, right. I'm not alone because yes. they're surprised. That's because right. the ubiquitous darkness's marketing and advertising yeah. team yeah. has yeah. the presentation yeah. as yeah. if darkness is affirmative when it's not. Wow. And so, you know, you're using the term socialism and Marxism and people kind of step back Whatever age they are, that almost seems like a word from either out of the past or a word that should be non-existent. So I remember, you know, I'm old enough to remember the fall of the Soviet Union, United uh, Soviet Socialist Republics. That's right. How old are you? <laughs> well, too old. I'm old enough to remember that. Too. Okay, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I thought communism was dead, but then we see China growing and growing and expanding its domain. We're, we see Venezuela, we see Cuba continuing on, but in our universities, in our media, in, in even in the business world, we're seeing this doctrine of Marxism, this economic philosophy of socialism mm-hmm. advancing against freedom, against our rights, against a free press, the First Amendment rights, we're seeing really an assault, and you've nailed it, it's coming from socialists and Marxists. That's absolutely mm-hmm. right, and, and I think it's important to use the term Marxist because ideas have consequences and yes. bad ideas create casualties. Yeah. And so when you're able to identify the genesis of an idea and you see how that idea has been employed throughout history and you see the consequences of it, yeah. it, it creates a background from which you can say, see, this is what happened there. Wow. Now look at what's happening now. It's being repeated here. Yeah. And one of the greatest things that ever happened for communism was the fall of the USSR, the United Soviet Socialist Republic uh, of Russia, because it allowed the 
superficial perception that communism was dead, and yes. all it did was able to become clandestine. Wow. And to metastasize like a cancer. It did. Uh, without having a big, bad nation state as its boogeyman, right. as right. Pr- promoting it, you know, right. and, um, and it, it, it's sad to say, but that ideology has penetrated our established systems of discipleship, and I'll tell you why I'm saying discipleship, yeah. uh, because biblically speaking, discipleship never perceived the bifurcation between academic matriculation and spiritual development. The severance of those notions is an unbiblical idea. Right. You know, when Ephesians 6 says, fathers do not exasperate your children, rather rear them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, the Greek yes. word for nurture there, that phrase nurture and admonition is paideia, which means the whole training of the mind and the morals. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's my job as a father to see to it that my son not only, not only knows two plus two, yeah. but they also know the underpinning worldview questions that are attendant to the mathematic formulation two plus two equals what four. Right. We ask the next question. Right. Why does two plus two equal four? Yeah. And will two plus two ever equal anything but four? Yeah. Right. And the answer to those questions are two plus two equals four because God is a God of order and he created our universe to operate in order. And two plus two will always and only equal four because God is an unchanging God. Ooh. The only yeah. reason we can yes. have a discipline of mathematics is because of the creator's specific intelligent design applied to our universe. Those worldview questions are necessary to add into the computation of the mathematic formulation in order to truly be educated. Without that component, the education is lacking. And so, like I said, darkness is not an affirmative force. When a vacuum is created, then you get common core. (laughs) You get common core, where it doesn't matter whether or not you understand uh, the particulars of this mathematic formulation, because as I tell my children, that when we peer into this particular discipline, educational discipline, we're being introduced and exposed to an aspect of the mind of God. Mm. Well, that is Powerful. so far. Abraham, I love the way you're saying this. So where do you see the biggest dangers right now where socialism, Marxism is being learned, is being, yeah. uh, you know, something that's like a training tool. Yeah. The biggest dangers in my estimation are not confronting it among adults. It's confronting with our children. These notions are being normalized and mainstreamed amongst our young people to where their default position is embracing socialism. I'll never forget, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who is the son of a pastor. He's Canadian. Yes. And he said, Abe, you're the first person I ever met who said socialism was bad. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He went to Christian private schools yes. in Canada his entire wow. life. Wow, can you imagine? He was an adult. Can you imagine? And, and among our young people, which is why, and it's remarkable, you made the observation that you made, because I've made a similar observation and added this to it, that, like you, I'm old enough, and I'm 41, okay. <laughs> but I'm old enough to remember <laughs> the fall of the USSR, where we opposed the Cold War. We opposed communist Russia to, where, to also live in a time where in 20... 12 and 2016, one of the most popular presidential candidates was a self-described socialist. That's exactly right. right. And, you know, during yeah. that uh, run that he had for, for president, Bernie Sanders, Senator Sanders, mm-hmm. and he's promoting socialism, mm-hmm. a number of people I've talked to embrace socialism, embrace Marxism, but they wouldn't, in personal conversations, they would say, you know, communist Russia was really good. Cuba's really good. Communist China is really good. America needs socialism. Marxism is the right ideology. But when they're out in public, they talk about being progressive. They talk about uh, being compassionate. They weren't going to use the term socialist or Marxist. They were using everything but that. But their core belief was Marxism. 
is this what we're seeing today in the media and politicians? Absolutely right. We are seeing it. You have uh, and teachers. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. Teachers unions. They yeah. say it out loud at their meetings, but they won't use the terminologies when talking to parents. Right. But their objectives remain the same, which yeah. is why it's important for people like you and I to expose the reality of, the, of these ideologies so that when they experience them in the uh, muted sense, yes. <laughs> uh, they're able to identify what's happening. Yes. You know, the, the thoughts, the warm and fuzzies about communism sounds good until you realize, wait a minute. So you mean to, you mean to tell me that we're going to be equal? Communism also always establishes equality amongst the poor. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's never there's never equal wealth and prosperity. It's always right. equal poverty. That's you right. have a completely non-existent middle class. You have a wide swath of extremely power, impoverished and oppressed people, and a very small minority of super 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 wealthy. <laughs> right. So. In the church. I think he just described California. Yeah, he, he totally I mean, described California. That's exactly California. what it is. We're, yeah. we're California refugees, and, and so we We, we can say that. Well, there's room for you in the United States of America. <laughs> Thank you. We're, 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 we have no two years, no regrets. We're free. So, so churches across mm. America, they're talking about form of uh, critical race theory. Mm. They're talking about attacking Western civilization. They're talking about certain evils of, of capitalism mm -hmm. and you're seeing more and more pastors from the pulpit articulating this they may not use the word CRT yep. but what they're talking about is CRT they're putting it on their websites they're putting it in you know in different classes within the church and and we're seeing more and more pastors running away from talking about voting for your values to voting for a more socialist Marxist type values. Mm. Am I right or wrong on this? No, you're right. You're right about it. <laughs> I, I'll never forget when I read on the Black Lives Matter organizational website of their founding values, their commitment to the destruction of the Western prescribed nuclear family. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I had a conversation with a pastor about this. I said, Pastor, did you know that this is what they're committed to? Did you know that they expressed not my opinion, they have expressed on their website that when we gather, we do so to loosen the tight grip of heteronormative thinking. Yeah. He said, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. I said, what's right on their website? I said, this, this is where, as Romans 12 tells us, we're instructed not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the yes. ruin of our minds. Right. Right. We are to evaluate every ideology in light of the white hot light and scrutiny yeah. of God's word. Yeah. I said, pastor, the family is not a product of Western civilization. Yeah. The nuclear family, when a man who's committed himself to his wife, a wife who's committed himself to her husband, and they rear children within the context of that lifelong union, God ordained that in the book of Genesis. Right. Before <laughs> there was ever a West, there was a family. Yeah. This, right. this, this is foolishness that yes. we're talking yes. about. Yes, yes, right. I, 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 we have to get out of this kind of cult cultural eisegesis to where we use the popular ideology of the culture and then read that into the scripture. Right. No, we should do the exegesis, see right. what God's word says, and apply it yeah, to our exactly. culture. And by doing so, mm -hmm. we're able to avoid the warnings from Colossians 2. Right. The Apostle Paul yes. writes to the church of Colossae, mm -hmm. you know, founded by Epaphras, but ultimately right. Paul having this apostolic relationship, yeah. he wrote in the beginning of chapter 2, I'm writing to you so that you would not be deluded mm -hmm. by right. plausible ideologies. Right. That's right. The warning in the beginning of it is delusion. By the time you get to verse 8, yeah. he warns against full-blown captivity. And I'm writing so that no one will take you captive yes. by what? Hollow mm -hmm. and deceptive philosophy yes. that depends upon what? Human tradition. Yes. Yeah. And the basic principle of this world rather yes. than upon Christ. Yeah. What begins as a warning gets being diluted 
concludes or culminates in a full-blown admonition against captivity. Why? Because ideas have consequences. Yes. <laughs> and bad yeah, ideas yeah. create casualties. Yeah. Yeah. And if we don't heed the warning of delusion, and it's important to note that Paul said plausible ideology, it wouldn't be a temptation if it had any level of attractiveness. That's there right. is brokenness in the world, yes. but all too often churches are being co-opted into thinking their primary objective should be to focus on the temporal consequences of brokenness, not the eternal. We have to do it the other way first. The eternal consequences of brokenness have to be addressed first, and the temporal are downstream from that, not the other way around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Powerful, powerful. Totally. Be, let me ask you this. How can you tell... What are some of the signs that the pastor you're listening to might have succumbed to some of these philosophies? <sighs> yeah. When you hear things that seem like, um, <laughs> I'm going to say it like I always say it, yeah. uh, melanin display quotas. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I say that intentionally. Like, you and I are talking, we all have melanin. I just happen uh -huh. to have more. Don't be uh -huh. mad at God because he gave me more than you. <laughs> right. You know? But we all have it. This is right. one of the things I, I viscerally object to terminology like people of color. You tell me when you find a person that's translucent. <laughs> you, you let me know when you find one. All of us have color. That's we awesome. all do. Yeah, yeah. We just have different quantities of melanin. Right. When you have pastors that are saying, we need to make sure that our church has this particular um, topical dermis level melanin display. Yeah. It's an indication that very well may be diluted. Why am I saying that? God is sovereign over the makeup of yes. this church. That's so you're right. gonna any proclamation of the gospel and application of the gospel that cannot be consistent around the world is no gospel at all. Yes. So you're gonna tell me you're gonna go to China and start talking about dermis level melanin quotas? You gonna, <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna have these conversations? Yeah. yeah. Right. You gonna, you're gonna do the same thing in Nigeria? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Or how about this? You're going to do that in the, in the inner city hoods of America. Yeah, right. Whenever these quotas are often employed, it's usually in, you know, more or less melanated congregations mm -hmm. and saying you need more melanin in your leadership. You never see them saying, hey, in these inner city churches, you have too much melanin in your leadership. You need to lighten <laughs> it up a little bit. Right. You never hear that. No. Why? Because people are being taken captive. Yeah. We're allowing the raison d'etre of the culture to dictate polity yeah. and ecclesiology to, ecclesiology to the church. And the thing that's the most dangerous about that is God said that he invested his church in the earth to be the pillar and ground of truth. And if we allow the world to dictate to us what truth is, we will, we will, we will see ourselves reformed somewhat akin to what has happened to the Salvation Army. Yeah. They were created oh, for yeah. evangelism primarily, yeah. not yeah. to shake red kettles, yeah. to provide you know, temporal needs. Not saying those yeah. things are important. They are extremely important but they're not more important than right. the gospel right, right. powerful yeah, they were powerful. hijacked yes yeah. so uh, our our listeners uh, and readers know about the salvation army and critical race theory and some of the Praise problems God that God. they've fallen into and it, it breaks our heart breaks people's heart and it breaks my heart that we're seeing it in the church but that's why our listeners can be an army of truth an army that is able to discern the dark and the light. Yeah. And, and so you're involved with the American Family Association. You've got, this has been such a great discussion, so much great content. How could I find out more? What, what do you recommend? Yes, I would encourage you and your listeners to visit us on the web at afa.net. That is the website where all of our various tentacles uh, exist. We have all kinds of ministries, but you can find everything there. And once there, you can sign up for our action alerts, yes. uh, which are email communications yes. where we inform our subscribers of what's happening around the country. Yes. And we invite them to participate in various 
uh, responsive actions. Yes. It, it can include contacting your local school board. It can include uh, sharing uh, our latest documentary film that we released right. in his image, uh, delighting in God's design for gender and sexuality, which yeah. exists to be a tool for the body of Christ to respond to the issues in our culture concerning identity, sexuality, yes. things of that nature. Uh, you can see it for free at inhisimage.movie. Good stuff. Free of charge. Uh, but sign up right there at afa.net for all things American Family Association. Wow. And then how do I listen to your uh, show? Yes. You, I, I want to do that, and yes. I don't know where to go. Yeah, you can listen to the to the Hamilton Corner. You, you can go to afr.net, our uh, radio network's website, to see what our station is in your area. We have nearly 200 stations all around the country. Good. Uh, you can also listen right there live online at afr.net. What does AFR stand for? American Family Radio. I knew that. I was testing you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the test because I forgot to say it when I said it officially. Uh, American Family Radio. You can also listen live right there at afr.net. My okay. show airs daily from 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. Okay. Um, you can also download our app, the AFR app, and listen live wherever you are in the entire world. We have we have close to a million people who have downloaded the app wow. uh, by now uh, wow. to listen to it. And you can also watch it on YouTube, Facebook, and you can subscribe to our streaming site, afastreaming.net, where you can watch my show in addition, in addition to listening to it audio, via audio. Wow. That's awesome. What a, what a great solutions for current problems that we're facing daily we're just bombarded yeah. literally bombarded on every social media with all sorts of lies and and you know you know you're being deceived mm -hmm. but you're bringing truth so thank you for that abraham thank you thank really you. appreciate it and thanks to everybody who was listening listen here's what i'd like you to do check out all the material, all the information they have at the American Family Association. Then also listen to Abraham's radio station, radio broadcast. And then take this podcast, send it out to your friends, your neighbors, people in your church. Let this be a tool you can use you know, on your social media posts and, and uh, be able to kind of be the one who's helping educate and be able to expose some of the problems with socialism and Marxism in our world today. So thanks so much. Shelly and I will be back with you. Shelly? Thanks, guys. Thanks so much, Abraham, for being Thank with you. us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Lord bless you. Pleasure. Thank Lord you. Thanks for joining us this week. We are listener-supported, so please consider partnering with us by donating at craighuey.com or by signing up for our free newsletter. We look forward to being with you next week. And don't forget to share this podcast with others.